Section 39 of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet, translated by Marion McIntyre. Section 39 A Seaside Harvest. We had been travelling across the plain since morning in quest of the sea, which constantly eluded us, in those winding paths, headlands, and peninsulas which form the coast of Brittany. From time to time a bit of marine blue would appear on the horizon, like a patch of sky, though deeper in tint and less stable but advancing along the capricious meanderings of those roads which made one call up a picture of ambuscades and chouan warfare the momentary glimpse of the sea was soon shut out again at length we arrived at a tiny village rustic and ancient in appearance with gloomy streets as narrow as if built in algerian fashion and full of dung geese cattle and swine the houses resembled huts with their low arched doorways encircled with white and marked with lime crosses the shutters were firmly fastened by long transverse bars a custom seen only in windswept countries and yet this little breton town looked sheltered enough the air was still and even stifling one might have believed himself twenty leagues inland but suddenly, as we came upon the square in front of the church, we found ourselves enveloped in a dazzling light, felt a tremendous sweep of air, and in our ears was the sound of illimitable waves. The ocean spread before us, the immense, infinite ocean, with its salt, fresh scent, and that strong breeze which rises from each bounding wave as the tide comes in. The village rose before us, nestling along the edge of the quay, the main street continued by the jetty till it reached a tiny port where fishing boats were moored close to the waves the belfry of the church rises like a sentinel and around it at the very extremity of this bit of the world is the cemetery with its crosses leaning forward its wild waste grass and its low crumbling wall against which stone benches are placed it would be difficult to find a more delightful or secluded place than this little village hidden away in the midst of the rocks and interesting both as a pastoral and a bit of marine landscape all of them fishers or labourers the people of the neighbourhood have a rude scarcely prepossessing exterior they do not invite you to be their guest quite the contrary but by degrees they yield to humanising influences and you are surprised to find, in spite of their rough welcome, that these people are simple-hearted and kindly. They resemble their land, that stubborn and rocky soil, so mineral that the roads even, when exposed to the sun, have a blackish hue, spangled with glittering particles of copper or of tin. This rocky soil along the coast, bare and exposed, looks wild, austere and bristling there are places where it has fallen down and caved in there are perpendicular cliffs grottoes hollowed out by the waves which rush in engulfing them with a roar of waters when the tide has gone out the rocks appear again 
as far as the eye can see their monstrous backs emerging from the waves glistening and white with foam like gigantic cachalots run aground only a few steps away from the water's edge the scene affords a singular contrast fields of wheat and lucerne and vineyards extend intersecting each other separated by little walls as high as hedgerows and green with brambles the eye wearied even to dizziness at sight of those tall cliffs those foaming breakers those chasms into which one must descend with ropes fastened to the rocks can find rest in the midst of the unbroken surface of the plain and the friendlier more familiar aspects of nature the least detail of the rural scene is heightened when seen against the grey-green background of the sea which presents itself at every turn of the road and appears between the houses through each cranny of a wall and at the foot of the street even the crowing of the cock sounds clearer when surrounded by so much space but what is most beautiful of all is the harvest gathering at the seaside the golden stacks piled up so close to the blue waves the threshing floors where the rhythmic beat of the flail is heard those groups of women on the steep rocks seeking which way the wind blows and winnowing the wheat between their outstretched hands with gestures of evocation the grains rain down with a regular brisk movement while the sea breeze carries away the chaff and sets it whirling this winnowing goes on upon the square in front of the church upon the quay as far as the jetty itself where great fishnets are spread out to dry their meshes all entangled with aquatic plants meanwhile there is another harvest at the foot of the rocks in that neutral space invaded each day and then left bare by the tide here the seaweed is gathered each wave as it breaks in foam upon the shore leaves its traces in an undulating line of that marine vegetation known as goman or varic when the wind blows these algae are carried the entire length of the beach with a rustling sound and as far as the ebb of the sea leaves the rocks uncovered these long wet masses of sea foliage are deposited everywhere they are gathered into great heaps along the coast and piled up in dark purplish stacks which preserve all the hues of the waves and the bizarre iris tints of dead fishes and faded vegetation when the stack is dry it is burned and the soda is extracted from it this singular harvest is gathered by the bare-legged villagers at low tide among the innumerable limpid little pools which the ebbing waters leave behind men women and children appear among the slippery rocks armed with immense rakes as they pass terrified crabs attempt to escape crawl into hiding places spreading out their claws and shrimps with transparent bodies can scarcely be distinguished from the ruffled water after the seaweed is obtained it is gathered into piles and loaded upon wagons to which yoked oxen are harnessed they cross the hilly and broken ground laboriously with heads bent wherever the eye chances to glance these wagons are seen sometimes in spots that seem almost inaccessible which are reached only by abrupt paths a man will appear leading by the bridle a horse loaded with drooping dripping vegetation 
you will also see children carrying upon sticks crossed to form a hand-barrow their gleanings from this marine harvest all this forms a melancholy but fascinating picture terrified seagulls are seen circling about their eggs and screaming the menace of the sea is here and what adds a final touch of solemnity to the scene is the silence which broods about everything the same silence that marks a gleaning of the fruits of the soil the silence of activity full of the efforts of a people struggling against rebellious and parsimonious nature a call to the cattle a sharp trrr echoing through the grottoes is the only sound that is heard the spectator seems to have encountered some trappist community one of those monastic brotherhoods which labour in the open air with a vow of everlasting silence imposed upon them those who are directing the work never look about even to so much as glance at you when you pass the cattle alone fix their great placid eyes upon you and yet this is not a sad people and when the sabbath comes they know how to make merry and dance their old breton dances of an evening towards eight o'clock they assemble at the end of the quay before the church and the cemetery that word cemetery has a dismal sound but the spot itself if you should see it looks anything but dismal not a boxwood tree nor a single yew nor monuments of marble nothing here is formal or solemn only crosses are seen the same names repeated again and again as in all small settlements where the inhabitants are closely allied the tall grass grows everywhere with equal favour and the walls are so low that the children can climb over them in their play and upon the day of an interment the spectator from without can see the kneeling mourners within at the foot of those low walls the aged come to sit in the sun spinning or dozing upon one side of them that wild and silent enclosure in front of them the eternal and restless sea and there too the young gather to dance of a sabbath evening when the light gleams faintly above the waves along the jetty groups of youths and maids approach rings are formed and a shrill voice rises at first alone repeating a line whose rhythm is easily caught and summoning the chorus c'est dans la coeur du plat de ton all the voices repeat together c'est dans la coeur du plat de ton the roundel grows livelier one catches glimpses of white caps their flaps whirling about like butterflies wings almost invariably the wind snatches and bears off half of the words perdu mon serviteur portera me couleur the song all the more naive and charming because one catches only fragments of it with those odd elisions so common in folk songs set to dance tunes with more regard for the rhythm of the measure than thought for the meaning of the words with no other light than the feeble ray of the moon the dance seems fantastic all is grey black or white in that neutrality of tint which accompanies things dreamed about not seen by degrees as the moon rises the crosses in the cemetery especially that of high calvary which is at one side 
lengthen till they seem to touch the ring of dancers and mingle with them at last ten o'clock rings the dancers separate each returns homeward along the lanes of the little village which wears a strange aspect at this moment with its broken steps of outer staircases roof corners and a confused mass of bent tumble-down open sheds black with the dense gloom of night we pass along old walks just grazed by fig-trees and as we walk on crushing underfoot the empty chaff from the winnowed wheat the scent of the sea comes to us mingling with the warm perfume of the harvest and the breath of cattle asleep in the stables the house where we are living is in the country a short distance from the village as we return we can see along the road just above the hedges beacons gleaming from all parts of the peninsula a flashlight a revolving a stationary one and as we cannot now see the ocean all these watch-towers rising above yonder black reefs seem lost in this peaceful country end of section thirty nine